Here now is my father, HMS Richards, and his subject today, Three Last Things in the Last Chapter of the Holy Bible. Thank you, son. Our subject is important. One of the most important we could possibly give over the radio. I want to talk about the three last things mentioned in the last chapter of the Bible. They must be important. The Lord quoted them three times in this last chapter, and he's spoken of them many times in Scripture before. It'd be good for us to read from that last chapter just three or four verses, verse 17 to 22, or 21 would be enough. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, the Holy Spirit, and the Bride is the Church. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. Are you thirsty? Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. Now you're hearing them right now. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things, that's Jesus, saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What a solemn passage of Scripture. The last words of the Bible. It's my conviction that we're living in the latter days of human history, what the Bible calls the last days. Someday the very last day itself will come. I believe it would be a very wise thing for everyone listening right now to read the whole book of Revelation from beginning to end as soon as possible. It has only 22 short chapters. Probably be some things you do not understand at first, but... We can all understand these words I've just read. When you read the book of Revelation, remember you're reading the last book in the Bible, written especially for the last generation on earth. And when you finish reading, even the first time, you'll feel more solemn than you've ever felt before because God's Holy Spirit will impress you that these words are particularly for you and for all people of our age and our time. You'll notice one thing that's made very important in these last verses, that is the subject of the second coming of Christ to this earth. Naturally, we get nearer the end of this age. We're nearer and nearer to the second coming of Christ. This age is going to end with his second coming. Now, Jesus was once here on this earth. Nobody doubts that that's read anything at all. He was born in a little town called Bethlehem in the Holy Land, carried on his ministry in that land for the first three and a half years of his life his ministerial life, and then he was crucified by his enemies, and most of them didn't know what they were doing. Had they really known, many never would have done it. For here's what the Apostle Paul says about it in 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Think of it. Before Jesus actually came to this world, his birth, the town where he was born, the work he was to do, his death and resurrection were all prophesied. It's surely a strong indication that before he comes a second time, there will also be prophecies concerning the event. The prophecies of his first coming were fulfilled literally. 
Why not the prophecies of his second coming? There are solemn words here in the book of Revelation. John was Christ's beloved apostle. As Jesus was crucified on the cross, our Savior's mother was watching him there, watching him die. And Jesus gave his mother to John as a precious gift for John to take care of her. Jesus had no money. He had no insurance except the love of his followers. And John took her as his legacy and cared for her the rest of her life because John was a strong preacher of the words of the Bible, beholding Jesus Christ as a sin-pardoning Savior, as a fulfiller of prophecy for his faith and his preaching of the Word of God. The Apostle John was exiled by the Roman Emperor Domitian to the lonely island of Patmos. Though the enemies of Christ's servants could exile him there, away from his family and his church and his work, they couldn't keep him away from the presence of the Lord. On that lonely island, the wonderful messages contained in the book of Revelation were given to him in holy vision. And the last words of this wonderful book, which truly is a revelation of Jesus Christ from one who loved him much, are the words that we have just read. It's believed that this was about 94, 95 A.D. The Apostle John would be an old man by this time. Upon the death of Domitian, Nerva became the new emperor, and all political prisoners were freed, including John, who returned to Ephesus on the mainland where his home was. Remember, while on the Isle of Patmos as an exile, John received the vision contained in this unique book, the book of Revelation. It's been my privilege, along with others, to pray more than once in the very grotto which is still shown today as the place where the Holy Apostle John lived and wrote his book. Now notice these three important things mentioned in this last part of the chapter. First, the last invitation given in the Word of God. How wonderful it was that God would put an invitation to receive salvation right in the last part of the last book. In fact, the last chapter and the last words. No one could ever say, well, I never had an opportunity to hear. No one who ever read the Bible would ever have any reason to blame God for never hearing or having an invitation to come to Christ. Here's verse 17 of Revelation 22. And the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, and the bride, that's the church, say, come. And let him that hears say, come. And let him that's a thirst, come. There it is, come, come, come. Then to make sure everyone who hears receives the invitation to come, the Lord sums it all up and says, whosoever will, who wants to be saved, come and let him take the water of life freely. Isn't that wonderful? If you have a good concordance, say maybe Walker's com comprehensive concordance to the Holy Scriptures, which by the way, I consider the best text finder there is, and see how many times you can find the word come in Scripture. It'll really stir your heart. Remember the words of God to Noah just before the flood that destroyed the world, said come and all your house into the ark, Genesis 7-1. Then in Isaiah 1.18 is a wonderful invitation. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And remember those wonderful words in Matthew 11.28, the words of Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Spirit and the bride say, come. It's an invitation to you right now. When Jesus was crucified, just before his crucifixion, in fact, in his own prayer there in the 17th of John, he said to his own father, Father, I will 
that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. When he comes a second time, he's going to take all the children of God away from this earth. That's the only way to be with God. It takes place at the second coming of Christ. The righteous dead will be raised from the dead. If you're a believer, you'll be taken home with him. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede those which are asleep, those who are dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, that means in this way, shall we ever be with the Lord. If you expect to be with the Lord, you can only go with him when he comes a second time. And we're told to comfort one another with these words. Now Christ is coming to take his people home. He's coming certainly. And the Holy Spirit says, in order to get ready for him to come, for us to come to him now by faith. The church urges you to come. Every pastor, every preacher asks you to come. And it's Jesus Christ who is speaking here in this place and says, if you can hear me, come and take the water of life. If you're dissatisfied with things as they are now in your life, then you come. Whosoever will, whoever wants to, come. Come to Christ. Accept the invitation. It's yours. Won't you accept it? Won't you come to Christ where you are right now? Just bow your head and say, I do, Lord, I come. Please forgive my sins. I accept the invitation. I want to be saved now and when Jesus comes. Jesus died for me, Father in heaven. I, I accept this sacrifice. I believe thy word. I'm going to pray every day and ask him to get me ready. I'm going to read the Bible and pray. Keep me ready. Won't you come? It's the last invitation in the Bible. Now the second important thing. The last promise in the Bible is in this last chapter. Here it is, verse 20. Surely I come quickly. There it is. It's a promise he's coming. Already in this chapter, Jesus has spoken of his second coming. In fact, there are three announcements of his coming right together almost in this chapter. Three announcements of it. In verse 7, we find this promise made by Christ that he will return. Notice it's connected with the sayings of the prophecy. The prophecies of this book of Revelation help us to get ready for his coming. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So if you want to be ready for Christ to come, you'll need to keep the sayings of the book of Revelation. That's why it's important to read it and study it. Now verse 12 gives the announcement. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Christ is going to reward his people, those who are looking for him. Your heart is hungry for him to come. Yes, he's coming. He's coming suddenly. You don't know the day, the hour. Now we look for our Lord's third announcement of his return, and it's found in verse 20. Notice how he emphasizes the certainty of it, his last promise of the Bible. Surely I come quickly. That's the last promise in the whole Bible. In plain, simple statement, it's sure, it's certain. Christ is coming to earth from heaven. What a great day it will be. Notice he's going to receive us unto himself. That's his promise. The last promise in the last chapter of the Bible. Why this last promise is so important to all believers today is made clear by our Savior's own words in John 14, 3. I will come again and receive you unto myself. 
that where I am, there ye may be also. That coming to receive us and take us to glory is what is referred to here in this last promise of the Bible. Surely I come quickly, suddenly. There's no time for preparation when he gets here. It's the great event of the future, friends. His actual coming and the resurrection of the millions of righteous dead all over the earth will not be reported in the papers. It will not be on television or radio. It will come so suddenly that radio and TV will all go off the air. The great presses will stop. The greatest news story of all history will never be reported in the press. It'll be seen by everybody alive at that time and heard by everybody. And the dead will be wakened and they'll see the last part of it. The Bible says every eye shall see him, Revelation 1-7. It'll be visible to all the world. Every ear shall hear him. It will give his people immortality. The dead in Christ shall rise first, 1 Thessalonians 4-16. The living will then be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We shall be caught up to meet him in the air. This is the great never-to-be-repeated catching up some call it the rapture of God's people. That word's taken from the Latin word rapuri, which simply means to draw up or catch up to our Lord Jesus. This is the glorious, visible return of Christ to the world, long-awaited, public, glorious rapture. Christ is coming to inspect our deeds. He will see our whole lives and as a moment of time. Will we be ready? Will our sins be covered with the blood of Christ? Will our lives be justified by His grace? Or will we be held down on earth to stay here with Satan and all the wicked because we have not repented and come to Christ? In this opportunity that we have right now, as you hear us on the broadcast, won't you say, Lord, I come, I give my heart to Thee. The time is coming when we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not may, should, can, we must appear. 1 Corinthians 5.10, it doesn't say it may happen, it will happen. Then we're going to our reward, if found faithful, how this last promise of Christ's return ought to stir our hearts. It does mine, I'll tell you. Surely I come quickly. Surely means something certain. What kind of life are you living now? Are you prepared to meet him? If Christ should come today, tonight, tomorrow morning, would you be ready? And not be ashamed before him at his coming? First John 2.28. Now we come to the last prayer in the Bible. We've had the last promise, the last statement, last invitation. Now we have the last prayer, along with the last promise. What is it? In the very next verse after the last promise, when Christ says, I'm coming, surely I'm coming, John just couldn't keep still any longer. And he said, after that, surely I come quickly. After Jesus said that and won't delay any longer, John just prayed right out loud, even so come, Lord Jesus. The last prayer in the Bible. It's a wonderful prayer. We ought to pray it every day. You think about the coming of the Lord, why not pray John's prayer, even so come, Lord Jesus. You can remember that, how he loved the Lord. He'd been with Jesus as he walked over the stony roads of Palestine. Been with him on the stormy sea of Galilee. And Jesus there at the Last Supper washed John's feet as he had the rest of the 12 disciples. John loved him. He wanted him to come back. Jesus had promised to return, and John said, Amen, Lord. That means even so. Come, Lord Jesus. And John was speaking for himself when he voiced this wonderful prayer. He'd been persecuted for his faith. He knew what it was to go through troubles. He was a prisoner there on the Isle of Patmos. He longed for Jesus to come back. And John spoke for us too, didn't he? Wouldn't that be your prayer if you heard Jesus 
promise to come back. If you'd been there, wouldn't you have prayed that prayer too? Why don't we all pray it right now? Why don't we? You might never have prayed it in all your life or even prayed it all in your life, but I invite you to pray with me right now. And I'm going to pray it very slowly and invite everyone who hears me, the boys and girls, everybody, old people, young people, sick people, troubled people. You may be in prison wherever you are. Let's pray it now all together. There's only five words. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. There it is. Jesus is the Lord of your life. He'll hear your prayer. You've called him Lord if you prayed that prayer. He'll give you peace. You'll forgive your sin. You'll be ready to meet him when he comes. Keep on praying this prayer. Ask him to send the Holy Spirit into your life to keep you from sinning. Perhaps there are people who are listening now in great trouble or sickness or trials or discouragement. He's got great plans for you, friend. He loves you. Great things for you, great days for you, eternal life for you. You may not understand the things that have happened to you in this world. God knows all about it, though. Someday he'll make it plain. It's time for all lazy and indifferent Christians to get ready. It's time for all sinners, all of us sinners, to find our sins forgiven and ask God to forgive them in Jesus' name. He died for us. He paid for them. In such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Matthew 24, 44. Here's a song I love. I never can forget these words. I heard it sung in Australia first. Some golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, battles all won. He'll shout the victory. Break through the blue, some golden daybreak for me, for you. Have faith in God with thanks for the Bible first and last. Have faith in God who shows the future and tells the past. Have faith in God. Today is not gone, but night is coming fast. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy mercies which are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. We pray thy blessing upon all our hearers. Draw them close to thee as they study thy blessed word. And we pray, O Lord, guide us now in Jesus' name. Amen.